For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are y'all. Believe in Kentucky football episode. Get it at believe.com alongside Aaron Gershon from the Cats Paws, the QB1 Jalen Whitlow. My name is Vinny Hardy. Here we are for another episode. Football season is already over. 12 games and a bowl game, just like that in the blink of an eye. And look, fellas, we did it, we did our predictions. The last episode, I got the Iowa twenty-one part right, but I didn't. I didn't get the Kentucky twenty-two part right. I, I missed um, that by a little bit. So, ugh. yuck, dude. It was um, it was a long day, man. It, it was a, it was not pretty. Obviously, offensively, and it sucks. But and Mark Stoops was even saying it, kind of not, you know, talking off the record with some of us. And well, it wasn't really off the record; it was more just talking uh, as the, he was walking back to the locker room after the game. It feels almost impossible to lose a game where you literally Iowa was 0 for 11 on third down and 0 for 2 on fourth. Their only offensive touchdowns a 42 yard drive on two nice plays by their tight ends. Uh, and the defense, I mean, only 205 total yards for Iowa, only 90 in the second half. It's really hard to lose a game like that. But when, you know, Iowa's defense scores two touchdowns and you ha- your offense doesn't cross the 35-yard line, pretty impossible. Yeah, I agree, man. I think, uh, you know, I, from, you know, from what I can see without watching the film, it looks like they tried to uh, – they tried to get weights and – some gimmies. Uh, Iowa's defense is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, you're dealing with a quarterback who's his first time playing. So um, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of what happens sometimes. Now, I thought they would score. Uh, I didn't know they would get blanked, but, um, you know, that's tough. You know, I, I don't, you know, there's no way around that, man. That's that's tough to get blanked like that when your defense only give up seven. Um, but, you know, I guess that's how it goes with a freshman quarterback in a bowl game where you're missing, you know, how many starters? Four, total five. Uh, yeah, at least four. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I guess it kind of is what it is. Seems like from, you know, from the outside looking in, uh, by the way, guys were talking and uh, the head coach was talking after the game. Seems like they're looking to move on pretty fast. Uh, they're not going to really hang on to this one, no. which I don't blame them. I mean, you can't, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Move on, get it going. But you got to, you know, kind of think that, you know, I guess in between those walls that there's some, you know, kind of, I don't know how to put this, but they wish they had some of the starters that they should have had, you know, you know, just call a spade a spade. We know, you know, 
look across the country, man, and uh, you got probably two of the best players in the country. They play for their team in the bowl game. Now, granted, it's a New Year's Six bowl game. I get it. Uh, Sugar Bowl. But these are two guaranteed bona fide first round draft picks. And they played. I was just on the phone with yeah. one of my guys, high school coach out in Texas. And he was like, man, it's, you know, it, 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 it's tough because, you know, you got impressionable kids seeing this example. So imagine what we're going to see five years from now. You know, you're going to see guys. I mean, there's already guys who, you know, not projected to get drafted in the first three rounds who are opting out. And trust me, I, I understand the opt out thing. I get it. Uh, you know, you got a chance to make more money than probably your family has ever seen. I get that. I understand that wholeheartedly. And I'm not necessarily knocking them. But that, on the flip side of that is, man, you you know, are we, you know, are we kind of accepting, you know, quitting nowadays? You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're a first-round right. draft pick, and this is an honest opinion. I know people are not going to like this. I really don't care. I'm just being honest. If you're a first-round draft pick, great, yes. But some of these other guys, man, come on, man, finish the game with you got. Finish the season with yeah. you guys. You know what I'm saying? I <clears throat> I just believe in that, man. Uh, I just know it's, it's come a long way since I was in college, you know, with guys transferring and opting out. It's come a long way. And it's kind of alarming, you know, because I'm in a space with a lot of coaches, and I'm in a group with a lot of coaches, college coaches too. And it's like, man, like, you know, you, you kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of handicapping the team. But I guess, you know, you know, it's falling on deaf ears, I guess. But, you know, it is what it is. But you just kind of wish some of these teams, not even just Kentucky, some of these other teams had their guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, get, get butts in the seats, more people watching the game. You just wish they had their guys because I think a lot of these outcomes would be a lot different. Yeah, and, you know, you look at Kentucky's case, they could have just looked across the other sideline. Jack Campbell and Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta tore his meniscus four weeks ago, guys. <laughs> He's, he didn't only play. He made the play of the game on offense, setting up their touchdown. He was taking quarterback snaps out of, uh, you know, a wacky formation. He was give, putting it on the line. And Jack Campbell, who's won pretty much every defensive award you can win, uh, probably going to be a late first, second round pick. He's out there as a sack and puts together a big game. And yeah, you just you just look a couple. And I know it's it's changed in this year. I think every year more and more opt outs come. And Kentucky's kind of been really lucky. We're outside of really just one guy in Kelvin Joseph. They hadn't had any. Uh, I mean, Josh, we all, we all remember what Josh Allen and Benny Snell did going in and playing that Citrus Bowl. Uh, even Lynn Bowden the next year. And um 2020 uh, I think they had six guys drafted in the 2021 draft and they all played except for Joseph so and even last year had a bunch of guys drafted they all played in the Citrus Bowl so uh, it's tough it's, it's definitely tough I mean Will Levis like you said Jalen you totally understand it and especially in his circumstance I mean the guy has been banged oh, yeah. up the yeah. offensive line is not very good it made too much sense Iowa's defense is great their pass rush gets after it I totally wholeheartedly understood that one but guys like I'm not calling them out. It would just have been nice to see guys like Chris Rodriguez where it's not a sure thing that he's going to be picked as early as he hopes. Carrington Valentine only had one really good college season, and that's not a knock on him. It's just it took time to develop. It takes time to develop. So uh, it would have been nice to see those guys out there. But then you look at a guy like like Jacquez Jones. He's a guy with every excuse in the book exactly. to sit out of this damn game. He was I mean, I, I, I'm not supposed to say the specific injury, but it was bad. I, I was surprised he even played against Louisville, let alone, and then comes back and played this one. And he did. He, he wanted to suit up one more time with his guys. So you got to give a lot of respect to that. But yeah, it's definitely, 
there's got to be some sort of way to incentivize guys to play if possible. Um, obviously, even now, after what we saw uh, on Monday night, it's going to even be more sensitive, I think, just any football game, let alone these. Um, but it's just the product of poll games. And there have been some really good ones, but the ones where there, there are a lot of opt-outs, like, for example, Florida, which had 19 guys in the transfer portal or something like that, and had a bunch of other guys opt out to start their NFL process. They only put up three points against Oregon State. If they have all their guys, they're scoring a lot more. So you just got to figure something out. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you look at it, you know, at least across the the, the football world, and I'm sure you all know this, guys like Jacquez Jones, you know, the first thing somebody say is respect. Yeah. Got to respect that. You know, you got to respect the guy finishing the season with his team. Uh, you know, I, I just, re- I just respect it, man. Cause I, and I, and it's so crazy to me because I'm, I was a player was this 2023. I was a player eight years ago was my last year playing football or seven years ago. So I could only imagine if I were in a position to opt out, let's say I was a projected fourth round draft pick and I opt out. The, the backlash that I would get would be absolutely crazy. Now yeah. it's like it's so it's so accepted now. It's almost where, encouraged. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got a linebacker for Tennessee who's not gonna get drafted high. He outside nope. of outside of the, the whatever orange bowl, bowl. Is, orange bowl. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, you got Brunt, what's his name, Breesy for Clemson, and he plays. He plays. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, and the first thing a football guy thinks of that, they say respect. You, you finish the season with your team. Now I get it. You coming from injury, you're projected first round draft pick, probably not wise. But everybody else, man, it's. I don't know. You know, I, I as a purist of football, I don't like it. You know, just call a spade a spade. And I and I'll tell guys, you know, I I'll tell them all the time, you know, play with finish the season with your team, man. Play. You know, if you can play, play. But if you yeah. if you injured and you're a projected first round draft pick, trust me, I get it. You know, so it there's two sides to it, man. But I'm sure y'all can understand see why that I'm yeah. uh, you know, this is kind of a touchy subject for me. But it is what it is. I, I like to see guys play. I love bowl season, I love bowl games. I'm a purist. I like to see it, so we'll see. We had Van Howes on here, played for Kentucky back in the '90s, played for the Bears a few weeks ago. It was a fun episode, and if you hadn't heard it, check it out. Uh, I'm gonna plug his podcast real quick. It's called The Locker at The Locker Four One One. They tagged me in a tweet, and it's right along with what we're talking about. They you know, talk about opting out for a while, for a long time. You know, boss man found Kevin Joseph was the only guy yeah. that had done so. But they said, you know, right along with y'all been saying, though, should players who opt out of bowl games be allowed to enjoy the celebration and reward of <laughs> bowl games? So I'll pose that question to you guys. Oh, uh, man, that's up? tough. Yeah. <sighs> it's really tough, right? I mean, it's, it's situational, kind of like we just talked about. Like, Will Levis, he put it all on the line for the school. I mean, he easily – Shoot, after he, he easily after they were already at two losses, uh, knew they weren't going to have the special season that you know we all hoped they would. He could have just and with the injuries he had, he could have shut it down, and no one would have really blamed him. And he came through and he battled the rest of the way as much as he could, and you know finished with a win at Louisville. So against Louisville, um, so you know a guy like that would deserve it. And I still think Chris Rodriguez, while I I think it would have been nice for him to have played that game for all he's done for this program and. You know what he? I think he's second or third all time leading rusher in in program history. Only finished like two hundred something yards short of Benny. So, 
you know, it's hard to take that away from him. But then, you know, a guy like Carrington, uh, and again, I'm not trying to attack him, but only played three years here, you know, kind of, it's, I don't even know if he's going to get drafted. I really don't. It's going to, it's cuspy to me. And uh, he had a great, really good, good year this year, but he struggled a lot the first two years. I mean, yeah, you could see the frustration and you've heard it. You've heard it from Mark Stoops uh, two years ago when the Kelvin Joseph thing happened and not that he's skipped out on the bowl game. I think if he had just skipped out on the bowl game, you you understand it, but he skipped the last regular season game uh, against South Carolina and he just left the team. He didn't stick around for practice and all that. Whereas Will Levis was at every practice and he was, I mean, I was at, I was at practice. He was with the quarterbacks coaching them up. Chris Rodriguez was at practice coaching his guys up um, and talking to all of us and just being interactive with everyone, fans, whatnot, uh, family, all that. And so you tip your cap to that. I didn't see Carrington Valentine. Uh, so it's a it's a tough one to it's it's a pick and choose thing I guess I think you can't exclude those guys but you could definitely have some like hey uh, you quit on us I think yeah I I feel the same way it's kind of it's it's kind of you know case by case basis with this guys like Valentine I mean call a spade a spade man you know if you decide to opt out or you don't even stay around your team I mean that's quitting bro like that's 100%. what that is that's that's a quitter so. You, you can, you know, call it what you want with that. Now, I respect the guys who stayed, who couldn't play or decided to opt out and actually stayed around the team, was at practice every day. That's, I respect that. Uh, you still want to see some of those guys play, but I, res- I respect that. But, you know, if you just leave your team, you quit. Like, I, you know, you know, that's, that's, you know, growing up, that's what our coaches always preached. Number one thing that you don't do is do quit. You don't quit. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't do that. So, I don't know, man. Um, it's the culture of college football nowadays. Um, again, it's 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 crazy how fast things can change. Um, yeah. You know, because who was the guy? Who's the linebacker that played for Notre Dame that year that got hurt? Jalen Smith uh, mm-hmm. got hurt. Yep. And he kind of he kind of set this thing off. His injury, yeah, not him per exactly. se, but his his injury kind of set this thing off where guys started. Yeah, it was out. it was McCaffrey the first one that I remember that opted out that kind of started the. Let's the okay the yeah. domino effect of it right and when when Jalen Smith got hurt the way yeah. he got hurt I think it's you know that thing slowly started to kind of uh, the train started to get on the tracks a little bit so you know again if you're with the team if you got a good I mean if you're injured or whatever and you need to come back from an injury and you have you know aspirations of going to the combine and all that all of that stuff yeah you should get your ring and all of that and and be celebrated on the team but if you if you totally quit, I think you should be excluded from everything that involves this 2022 team because you didn't finish, you know. So, you know, and again, people may not like that, but I don't care. It's the truth. You know, it's, it's sports, yeah. man. It's it, it, And I say that because a lot of, you know, people watch and you get kids in high school who, you know, and younger who say, oh, I could just not play with my team. No, that's not that's not that's not cool at all. I was always taught you sign up for something, you finish it. So, yeah. That's that's just what it is. Yeah. And the other part of this now is you got the transfer portal guys and most of them, for the most part, are not playing in bowl games. They're trying to enroll by December and whatever. Uh, So all of Kentucky's transfer portal guys, uh, except for Rogers, obviously announced after we'll get to him later, um, 
did not play in the bowl game, weren't with the team. But there were some cases where guys were. And I, I think I, I, I give those guys credit. I mean, if they're entering the transfer portal because they see they need another opportunity, maybe it's just not working well. Chem, I don't know. There's a multitude of different reasons uh, why guys transfer. But to, I think it's classy to finish out the year. Like Luke Altmyer, the quarterback at Ole Miss, actually played a little bit in that Texas Bowl. He stuck around and finished that game. And uh, there were a couple other guys that off the top of my head are slipping, but that's the one that I remember so but there's two sides of that too and I don't know like Shane Beamer was asked about it and I guess a lot of the guys from South Carolina that hit the portal wanted to play and he wouldn't let them and he was kind of calling them quitters but I I don't I I don't see that as quitting I think that um, especially if you display you want to finish out the season as the opposite of quitting um, but man, it, it, it's a double-edged sword and they got to figure out, I think the, the easiest way to have bowl games more quality right now would be to kind of how, how you had it last year where, yeah, the opt-outs are going to happen. Um, and yeah, some of the games were affected by it a little bit. I mean, Kenny Pickett, I know didn't play in whatever, uh, New Year's six game they played and probably a better game if he has, if Pitt has him at quarterback, um, but have the transfer portal period start after the season. <laughs> and you know because then because if everyone is still needing transfer portal guys because the high school guys are not going to necessarily affect what you do in the transfer portal that and no one is signed and no one is committing and they're they do the best they can with tampering you're not really missing n- none of these players are missing out an opportunity to sign in december if, if no one's allowed to so i just think you open that portal thing up say january 7th or 5th whenever the season ends or before the natty or after the natty whatever and then have that 45 day period start and go into february which is about when spring practice starts anyway so that that's the way i think that that you can get around it a little better because again florida i think is the best example uh obviously you know iowa too iowa starting quarterback gets hurt their backup transfers they're down to joe labs so um i think that's another way you could solve this too I think uh, you mentioned um, what Jalen. Y'all both mentioned Jalen Smith getting hurt. I think the same year was a dude from Michigan, Jake Butt, the tight end. Jake Butt, yeah, and he ne- and he ended up being a seventh round pick and yeah. never panned out. He's working for Big Ten Network now. I th- yeah, I think that was he got hurt in the Orange Bowl. You're exactly right. I remember so that. Yep. I think that kind of maybe launched it as well. Him and Jalen both same year. What, six, seven years ago, right when you were yeah. finishing up playing, Jalen, is when this shift maybe kind of yeah, 2016-17. Yeah. yeah. And even last year, I mean, quarterbacks were kind of – I mean, I know Pickett didn't play, but a lot of quarterbacks have played. I, I remember the 29th – like Dwayne Haskins didn't sit out of the Rose Bowl. Uh, Daniel Jones, who's a, always going to be a first-rounder, uh, he played in his bowl game. Uh, even the next year, I'm trying to think uh, – obviously Burrow played, but – oh, Herbert played in his bowl game. Zach Wilson even played in his during the COVID year. So, I mean, guys, quarterbacks were playing, but then Matt Corral got hurt last year. I, I wonder if that yeah. did anything with Will – I mean, for Will Levis and – uh, I think he was the only one to sit because the other guys were in the in the playoff. But um, or Bryce Young, yeah, Bryce Young ended up playing. But mm-hmm. I, I do wonder if if the Matt Corral injury played at all a role for Will Levis's decision because he ended up slipping from like a projected first second rounder to the third round, and he actually hasn't even you know still battling that injury and then suffered another thing on top of it. He hasn't even gotten to play for the Panthers when he probably would have had a shot this year. Yeah, yeah, and going back to 
the bowl game itself, the Music City Bowl, Jalen, we you talked about it, and Aaron, you too, with you know, Destin Wade making his first ever start. So we, we saw two guys make their first ever start in college this year, Kaya Sharon in South Carolina, uh, Destin Wade uh, against Iowa in the Music City Bowl. So, man, Jalen, if you would just take us back to your first ever time stepping on the field, your first start, your first play in college, what was going through your mind? Were you nervous? Was it ice water in the veins? What what was the mindset when you look back on uh, you were just in you you've been in the position of both of those guys. So what was that like for you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my first time stepping on the field, I think, was 2012 against Kent State um, was, I think, my first time. And we were like backed up like negative five yard line, like my feet were in the end zone. And uh, I, I mean, to be honest with without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I was, I've never been, like, like, the super, like, nervous type, you know, I've always been like, you know, slightly anxious. And I'm not saying I'm never nervous, but slightly, but it's never like too nervous. But um, Kent State was the first guy, first game that I actually, you know, stepped foot on the field. It was either Kent State or Florida Day. I think it was Kent State first. Then my first game, like, I didn't start this game, but the first game that I kind of cut my teeth a little bit was against uh, South Carolina in 2012. You know, Max went down with the ankle injury. Um, and it was like a third and seven or third and eight or something like that. I came in first play sacked by Jadavion Clowney. Uh, <laughs> next, next drive, we we went down to score. Uh, but you know, it was you know it was that game that kind of you know my first game really stepping in there. And again, you know, Destin Wade doesn't seem like a nervous character either. Like he seemed yeah. like a cool cat, um, which is good at this position because you need that. Um, so that's good, man. But it, it's easy to be, you know, and I think my upbringing kind of allowed me to not be nervous. Uh, I've always played, and people are going to laugh at this, from youth football on up, always played in front of huge crowds, like really, really high pressure packed games, um, you know, from, you know, from I can remember. So, you know, high school playing in state championship games and playing in big time playoff games in front of, you know, a lot of people, thousands and thousands of people, standing room only stadium. So, you know, I, I've never been like the type where I thought the lights were ever like too big or whatever. That's never been, you know, my thing. It was always about the game speed for me. You know, going from high school to college, playing in SEC, obviously it's a, it's a difference in game speed. You know, the bigger guys are bigger and they're moving faster. So that's all. That's always the thing uh, when you're jumping into those situations. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Again, he got in there. I saw from what I saw, man, he looked like a cool customer, man. And I, I like that because you that's what you need at this position. You can't be too amped up. Uh, you can't be too, you know, it could hurt you the other way too if you're too relaxed. But you know, he was he was, you know, a cool customer. I I, I like it. You know, I hope I just wish that, you know, they had a better chance. He was put in a better situation to succeed, yeah. not with the play call or anything, but just with guy, you know, he had a lot of new guys in there, man. Yeah. It just it's just what it is, you know, and the offense changes a lot when you 
when you got to jump down to your technically your third quarterback on the roster. Uh, now, I didn't know he ends up probably beating, you know, um, higher out in bowl practice or whatever happened. But you still, you know, you still, you know, giving the reins to a guy who never took a snap in a big time game like that. So um, tough job on the coaches, tough job on the players. But I like what I saw from him as far as his just his ability to come back after the pick six, the first one was like, you know, I was like, okay, he, you know, this is not phasing him at all. He seemed like he's cut. Then I saw the second one and he's like, he, I mean, you know, you don't want to throw pick sixes, but you know, he seemed like he was, he was, he was really settled into the game. He just inexperienced. So, uh, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I enjoy seeing that because I think nowadays kids are more like that because there's so much football out there nowadays and they've seen so much where, you know, they've seen it all in a way. The only thing that changes is, you know, you're just dealing with faster and bigger guys. But as far as like playing in crowds and playing in different venues, a lot of these kids play in big stadiums in high school anyway. So, um, yeah, man, you know, I, I like seeing that. So hopefully, you know, uh, they can build on it some type of way. Yeah, and that's a hell of a matchup too. Iowa's defense is the we yeah. saw how, we saw the numbers and man, oh man, they play fast, physical. They they look like an SEC defense. I know I know it's kind of Big Ten Westish too, but man, they fly around and make plays on that defense. They play really well together, and it was actually it was pretty damn impressive to watch in person. So I, I do wonder. I, I think the way it, it was just a tough matchup too because I was you know they were prepared. They knew it was going to be Destin Wade. They loaded the box. They weren't. They he escaped a couple times just using his speed, but they they were very stingy against the run. They weren't going to let the run beat him, and I think that's why you saw Kentucky kind of air it out a little bit uh and mark mark stoops even said after the game they knew that running the ball wasn't and grounding and grounding was not the way to beat this iowa team it was to take your shots when they were there and hope you can drop them and they, they were there three times very on brown uh burns his his uh corner three different times and you know the chemistry it's just they've never thrown together in a game so you can't even get too mad about it uh but I, I do wonder maybe if Kaya Sharon is in there if those get completed just because he did have a game an SEC game under his belt with Barry on but who knows that's that's hindsight so um but yeah, they, they did what they could, and I, I I agree. Destin didn't look overly nervous. Uh, he did complete some passes. I mean, I, I think he was uh, a little over 50%. Uh, he was able to scramble out and make a couple of plays, but uh, just not enough against that defense. And, man, oh, man, that defense is – they're the real deal. I mean, we know who Jack Campbell is. He's going to be great. Cooper DeGene is probably the best corner outside of maybe Emmanuel Forbes. I've seen this year. I mean, that dude is the that dude's the real deal. I think he still has another year of college, but he'd be an early pick this year if he got the shot. Um, there's safety, the freshman stepping in for the guy who actually um, uh, Merriweather, who sat out for the draft uh, with the pick six. He was making plays all over the field. I mean, that is a that's a tough defense, man, um, and that's a tough situation for. Uh, and that's kind of where it sucks that they couldn't do more against Youngstown State, more against Miami, Ohio, more against Northern Illinois to get those guys some run. I mean, it, it really hurts. I think it really hurt them uh, that those guys literally didn't get a chance to play because you had to keep your starters out there because the games were either in risk or you wanted to get your starters uh, getting some rhythm going. So I think uh, all those things just made this a, a really tough situation. Just kind of. Kind of deja vu, not from the expectation standpoint, but from the way the season played out to the some earlier Music City Bowls back. You know, they played Northwestern in the Music City Bowl yep. years back. 
That was their last non-conference loss before this game. Yeah, Northwestern stout against the run, strong defense. Uh, I was there at that one, got to cover that one after the game. You know, first play, Kentucky takes a deep shot. And, you know, they had been ground and pound all year with Benny. And, and I, I remember asking Stoops, was it, was it, was it a plan to, to kind of take a shot since you knew they were so strong against the run? And he said no based on the looks and all that kind of stuff. But the, it just seemed kind of out of character. And they was just trying to cross them up or catch yeah. them off guard. Let's go deep right off the bat. So you guys saying the same thing about this Music City Bowl. Iowa, tough defense, inexperienced quarterback, but still – trying to air it out, had opportunities to do so, and, you know, yeah. try to loosen them up a little bit and kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> in that box, but it just oh. didn't, it never did uh, have and a chance. They, and Barry uncooked his guy, man. And I, I wonder if, and I think, if I remember, the first one might have even been the closest that that was would have been completed. And I do wonder if maybe that turns the game on its head a little bit and Iowa has to pivot from their game plan and respect the deep ball a little more. But it, it just it didn't happen that way. And, you know, look, Destin is a guy who is uber talented and is really good in his feet. I think he only threw for 14,000 yards in high school, uh, his biggest passing season. So it's not like he's ever – he's not a prolific passer. He's a true dual-threat quarterback who's going to beat you with his legs. So, I mean, it, it just wasn't in the cards against the top five passing defense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I cut you off, Jay? No, you good. No, you got So we moved from – and I think we, we, we text about it. You know, like I said, we did our predictions last week. We text about it in our, our group chat. It, it's just the, the year was just broken offensively. Yeah. Skang was not there in Nashville, but you can't expect the dude making his first start ever to light that defense up. That's a lot to ask for a guy who has no coordinator, who has, you know, Woody and, and Big Dog and everybody kind of chipping in, calling plays. It's a lot to ask him to go and, all right, dude, carve these dudes up. You oh, know, and you don't have Chris Rodriguez played. back there either. Yeah, you never played. Sure, it's a bowl game. But, hey, go pick these dudes apart. You know, that's a lot to ask. It was it was broken from the jump, and, and it wasn't a fit from the jump. So now the book has kind of been closed on it. And now you kind of like, I text y'all in the group. Now you can move on in earnest. You yeah. See, everybody think we're going to get not that big a secret. You get him, you get the continuity back. You know, it, it might take him a little bit longer than everybody expects to get it back, but he's coming into a situation that he's familiar. Close the book on the Skang era. It didn't work. And now, like y'all said, move on. Uh, Stoops even is kind of moving on. He's excited. He's hoping <laughs> for the future. And, and that's kind of that's, that's kind of where we are. Yeah. And I think I think we talked about it last week or maybe with Van, but it starts with just having a good spring offensively. I mean, I think your defense at this point is pretty damn established. And uh, some metrics had him as a top five defense in the country this year. They were awesome that last game. They closed it out great. Uh, you know, they had an outstanding year and they're going to get a lot of guys back. I know they're going to lose a couple, but, you know, almost their entire defensive line outside of Rogers, actually the entire defensive line, all 10 guys. Uh, except for Rogers are coming back. Uh, you you added some corners to fill those voids. Your safety room is set back. I mean, you feel good where you are defensively. Now offensively, you got to get it started early and often. I mean, they were 
They got a late jump. Obviously, spring ball was postponed to get Skang into Lexington physically and get the playbooks to guys and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this time, you would, I mean, obviously, you're going to have a little bit of like Devin Leary. You're going to have to get him implemented, Ray Davis, any true Barry on Brown you know, those type of guys, but the guys who are here in 2021 and even the guys who, and maybe even Barry on Brown, now that I'm thinking about it, the guys who committed to play for Liam Cohen, uh, they should be in a pretty good spot uh, just knowing the guy they're going to get to work with. And hopefully it'll be a close to seamless transition as far as that goes, but you, you still, it's still going to be a new system just compared to last year and, and for the quarterback that's going to run it. Um, so you, you just got to get started early <laughs> you got to get started, you know, the day you're supposed to get started and, and the day you're supposed to get started, not have practices after the spring game when guys are checked out. Um, and you just need to stack some good days. I mean, from what I heard and from the open practices, I got to attend the defense beat the offense every single practice. There was not hardly ever a day where the offense won and that just can't happen. That That's a red flag. And I think it was something we all wanted to overlook and did overlook because we felt really good about the talent on this roster and knew that they were finally getting the respect um, from outside uh, of Lexington that they, they deserved from what they did the year before. Um, but that was a red flag from the beginning that they were, the offense was getting their tail beat every day. And uh, hopefully that'll be a different story. Uh, this spring ball, this is a big, uh, this is a big spring ball in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of agree with everything you said there, man. I, you know, I think it's huge spring ball, new quarterback, you know, hopefully new coordinator who we think is going to be coming in here um, and and kind of revitalizing revitalizing some things. Yeah. You got talent on the perimeter, man. You got talent on the perimeter. You know, I think, you know, from what they've added in the portal and guys that's on the roster and whatnot should be solid up front, you know, now – it's easy to say, but you know that takes time. But yeah, I think they're going to try to get another tackle too. Yeah, just for what it's worth, on paper, you know, should be should be better in in a lot of areas. So we'll see what happens. Like you said, you got to have a good spring ball. Offense is rhythmic, man. It's it's super rhythmic. You got to be in rhythm. You got to be on the same page. Everybody has to be on the same wavelength uh, to make it work. And for whatever reason, this past season. They never seemed like they were, you know, together. They never seemed like one unit. It always seemed like somebody was off here, somebody was off there. We got everything, you know, what we want downfield. We miss a block. And sometimes you have games like that. You have years like that sometimes. I've been a part of those games, been a part of those years. It happens. But when it's consistent, you know, that's when it's time to make a change. Um, so, you know, that's what happens. So we'll see what happens. I think uh, – I think I think they got the pieces, you know, from what I've seen from the the transfer running back stud should be good yeah. there. Quarterback should be a stud, right? Got you know again weapons on the perimeter that can that explosive weapons that can make plays. You know, you kind of got a little mix of uh, of everything right there on the perimeter. So we'll see. You know, I, I really uh, I'm really excited to see spring ball. You know, I'm hoping to get a chance to make it to see some. Uh, spring game or practice or whatnot, you know, um, that'll give me a, a good idea of what I'm looking at and, and what we should expect to see. Because from what I've heard, what I've heard about last spring, um, 
was a trend of things that, you know, guys never seem to be on the same page. So yeah. talked about this in depth. You know, I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse, but it seems to be that there's too much going on somewhere. Uh, and that's when you get that. So hopefully that's not the case this time around. And, uh, you know, hopefully we hear some sirens just coming up here, man. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 The fact they only scored what? They never had a 40 point game this year. Uh when they had a I think they started the year with a 45 game lat points against ULM last year, like right off the bat. Uh they never scored 40. The, the game they scored 37, which was their season high. You had a kick return touchdown in there, and you had a defensive fumble that set you up at the two yard line. Uh yeah, man. Uh, the offense has got a <laughs> they got to, like you said, they got to hear the sirens. You got to get the fireworks going a lot more next season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of those pieces you talked about, you know, defense kind of doing the heavy lifting, even on the high output point total games. The one piece that kind of shocked everybody, even mm-hmm. was, was the fact that Justin Rogers hits the portal. And you, you tweeted, I forget who you, put the, the source ag but you tweeted it out yeah someone from 247 steve wolf will something <laughs> steve <laughs> yeah, maybe the first one that surprised us or the first definitely impact guy that we you know that's really played a lot got a lot of run contributed a lot you know because we've had some guys already leave um but yeah he's probably the, the biggest blow when it comes to that, when when Rogers like we we saw the walking emoji and maybe it's NFL or maybe that's what I thought cryptic stuff and then it turns out uh, he's in the portal maybe he comes back but it, maybe he doesn't man he's got some suitors and no nah, he's not coming back <laughs> is it is it getting some more bread which is oh, yeah. in a row so yeah all the yeah. so the the D line took a big hit today. Yeah, sure did. I mean, I, I do think it's a nine aisle situation. And, you know, from what it sounded like, they've done a lot better and this collective is off to a pretty good start. But as of now, where the money is, it can kind of satisfy the guys you need to keep, like the Barry on Browns, the Dane Key, uh, De- Deion Walkers of the world, and then kind of that next tier guys, it's hit or miss. And, you know, there's a, there's more money in the pot elsewhere. And it sounds like that's what happened here. And with Justin, I mean, he was the fourth highest kid ever to sign with Kentucky football. I mean, it it really took him till this year to break through, and he did in a big way. I thought he was uh, I thought he was excellent, especially I think it was the Vanderbilt game. Nine tackles from the nose tackle spot. Uh, that's hard to do at, at that position. Uh, he really did a lot of the dirty work, and uh, I remember writing a story and asking Mark Soups about him, and he was really happy with how he's grown. And uh, it, it's surprising. I, I even I did ask him, you know, last spring if he had considered the portal because he didn't play much and he was a five-star guy. And usually when you see it with those coveted guys, they're gone if they don't get playing time. And that was after two years. And he pretty much made, <laughs> he was not happy with the question. Otherwise he seemed to, he, and which I respect. I mean, he was adamant. He was, that's where he wanted to be, but things change. And um, yeah, I, I think he's going to have big time suitors. And, you know, obviously this is a big hit. Zion Walker is coming back. So at least you have him, but uh, it's going to present an opportunity for guys like Jamarius Dinkins, who played pretty well at the end of the year, uh, Josiah Hayes, who hasn't gotten as much run as probably we all would have expected. And then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the transfer portal, you're looking at a nose tackle out of there. Yeah. Um, 
tell my two cents was, man, somebody somebody uh slid somebody some dollar signs, man. You know, yep. that's the, I mean that's I mean he's on a visit to Baton Rouge tomorrow. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's that's literally you can you can you can think of so you know uh it happens again. We don't like it, but we're 2023, man. This is college football nowadays. It's going to happen. You know, you're going to get people who, you know, unfortunately, you know, Kentucky is not a, it's not looked at as Alabama, Ohio State. You know, that's just the reality. So you're going to have schools like LSU, Alabama, Ohio State. You know, somebody's cousin's 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 going to reach out to his auntie's cousin's little sister and things going to happen, you know. Money's going to exchange hands. That's just the world. We, it's it's been happening, but now you can really do it and get away with it because the rules are a lot more lenient. So, um, you know, that's what's going to happen. And and you know, if I had to bet, that's what's happening. Now, I don't know for sure, but you know, if I'm a betting man, that's you know something like that happened. But uh, hey, you know, it is what it is. From what I've heard and what I've been seeing. A lot of these coaches have been moving on pretty fast because they just they've accepted the fact that this new world is just it is what it is. Somebody's gonna leave. Let's get a new guy in here. Let's keep it moving. Uh, so I don't I don't think uh, you know they may be hurt behind it, um, and they probably didn't expect it. But you know I'm sure they're gonna move on pretty fast. I don't I don't see them like you know dwelling on it and whatnot. They'll, they got to replace you know replace a guy and they'll move on. So we'll see. You know my thing is. Um, what type of culture and who's going to come up with the culture that's going to help keep guys at home, keep guys on campus, keep guys on a roster. Because, you know, a lot of things have been discussed between coaches. They got to change the way they do certain things if they want to keep some of these guys on the roster. Uh, you know, that's just the reality of it. I mean, they spend more time recruiting their current roster than they do high school kids nowadays. So, um, and that's a fact. So we'll see, you know, um, unfortunate loss, you know, to that, that DL room, but, um, you know, kind of the way of the world right now. Yeah. And they, they uh, defensively, I mean, again, they're in pretty good shape. I think if you're going to lose DeAndre Square and Jacquez Jones, you're happy to have Trevin Wallace and Derek Jackson. <laughs> That's the guys uh, who are coming back to replace them. The safety room is going to lose Tyrell Asian, but we all know how stacked that is with, uh, you know, Jordan Lovett, uh, Zion Childers, I thought was awesome the last month of the season. And then, you know, a healthy Jalen Geiger and uh, Vito Tisdale on the way. I mean, it's a pretty loaded room. Uh, corner, I like the transfers they added, but we got to see them play. Uh, we'll see if they even add a little more to that. And uh, I still think they got plenty of lot, uh, depth on the defensive line. I will say the one thing I'm worried about, I think that maybe has gone a little overlooked, is outside linebacker where – you know, we're still waiting on a final decision from J.J. Weaver. I think he probably comes back, but he hasn't made that decision. If they lose J.J., guys, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now, but that outside linebacker room I think would only have five guys, and Keaton Wade would be the most experienced guy, and that says a lot. It would, Yeah, so if J.J. leaves, you're looking at Keaton Wade, Tyrese Fairberry, uh, Noah Matthews, and Tommy Zeismeyer, the incoming freshman from Boyle County. Uh, so you're at four guys at outside linebacker if JJ doesn't come back. So that other than you know, other than the outside linebacker room, uh, even losing Justin, I feel really good about this defense. You talked about not 
blowing out the non-conference teams to the point where you could get some more guys some run is a good thing they threw Keaton out there as much as they did. Yeah. If that's the case, you know, with Weaver, if he decides to move yeah. on, you know, they, they weren't afraid to get Wade uh, some run this past year. And, and you know, it's just going right. to go forward. Yeah, I mean, and that he he was he stepped in kind of out of necessity too. With uh, you know, Jordan Wright was suspended the first game, and then you had uh, JJ go out for two games injured. So uh, he gained that experience, and maybe you know, maybe Alex Safari. I know he's more of a safety nickelback guy. Maybe he can drop down and play that position if they need it. But yeah, the depth. I, I definitely think that's an an area where you look at depth. And as you guys are probably seeing right now, there's kind of a second wave with this transfer portal that has started. Uh, you know, since the Bulls have ended, and a lot of guys are hitting it. And then you'll have your third wave, of course, after spring ball. So right. there'll be options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it goes so quick. I mean, it, it will be Jalen. You'll be up here going to the spring game before you know it. I mean, yeah. I mean it's. That's how fast it goes. Yeah, man, this thing is moving fast. Uh, I don't know. I told I told some people a couple of years ago. I was like, I don't know what y'all feel or see, but to me, it feels like time is moving. <laughs> feel like time is moving faster, man. I, I swear to God, it is. It, it has to be. Like we, I remember. You know, I swear we just started this podcast thing. You know, the time that I at least <laughs> when I jumped on, I, I I cannot believe it's been. We've been on here what fourteen times now. Or fifteen, yeah, something might like even that. yeah, something like that. So you know, it that's maybe sixteen, but that's that's crazy, man. So um, you know, I don't know, man. It, it it seems like it's moving pretty fast, but you know, we we do gotta you know make it up to to Lexington for spring games. I told y'all, man, I haven't been to Lexington since <laughs> it's been six years now. So man. um, you know, I got I got I gotta make it up. Make it up to a game or a spring game or something. You know, I've been so busy with coaching myself; it's it's tough sometimes. But um, I, I, I'm gonna do it in 2023, just a year. Yeah, no, spring ball is a good time. I, I love covering spring ball because, I mean, we get into a couple practices. Obviously, you get the game, but also it's for us at least it's a time where you get to know the players you're gonna cover every year. You get to keep you know building the relationships with players that you know you you've covered the past years, and then obviously. You know, meeting the new ones is is always good. I'm excited. We should, I mean, we should have Liam. I mean, next, if, assuming he, he really does come straight from the Rams, we should have that press conference in the next two weeks, and then usually we'll get you know at least the mid year transfers like the you know Devin Larry, Ray Davis in, in the next few weeks. So that'll be good. And actually, it was funny. Devin Larry was on the on the jumbotron with uh, Ray Davis at Rupp Arena. So those guys are in town, ready to rock already. Yeah, and they they tweeting at each other a lot, and you know they. They got a little bond already coming in together. So, yeah. And no doubt they're projected to be huge impact guys and, and leaders on the offense. And so it's, it's, you know, time for them to get to work and they're, they're excited and everybody's excited, you know, it's <laughs> especially on the offense. You, Jalen, you're excited because you're going to see hopefully a cohesive offense. A productive mm-hmm. offense, so <laughs> everybody's excited, man. A competent <laughs> offense. Yeah, man, that, that's that's the thing, man. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, seeing, you know, faster pace is number one. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I'm sure I'm sure I'm not alone with that one. We're looking forward to no. some faster pace and some, you know, maybe the ball thrown a little bit more when you got a, such a good quarterback. But um, 
I don't know, man. You know, that's that's just what I what I look forward to. But I got a question for y'all, man. What what like what's I haven't been in Lexington so long. Um uh, like what's the spot in Lexington to, to you know, any new spots to like eat or anything or go to after the game mm. or before the game or like what you know, what what's what's popping in, in Lexington? AG man is there. Yeah, I mean before I uh, yeah, it's tough cuz I'm not a, you know, I don't get to tailgate much. Um but I'd say since 2017 just around Lexington, you have the Summit now which is down Nicholsville Road past Fayette Mall where it's a bunch of good restaurants are in there. Uh but a couple high-end stores even just normal people stores as i like to call them uh not the louis vuittons of the world and all that but uh there's some good stuff in there it's gorgeous in there um trying to think man there's been so much that's open the last couple of years that you seem to lose track downtown you know there's a bunch of new spots downtown that city center now you have you know obviously jeff ruby's is kind of where all the players go and eat and a lot of the the basketball players a lot of the people that come through lexington stop there uh for at least one night uh, and there's a lot of good bars that have opened downtown in the last couple of years. So it's it's definitely th- there's money coming in and things going up. But, um, you know, near campus, there's still, you know, local tacos, a staple right by campus there. Um, but, man, yeah, no, there, there, there's no short of th- this town is definitely adding. It seems like every every month. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't you know, I didn't go out a lot at all, really. Uh, probably, you know. I didn't go out hardly any in Lexington. <laughs> uh, as far as like, you know, just going out to like bars or anything. But, you know, obviously been to many places to eat, but um, it's been a while since I've been, man. I, you know, the last time, like I said, the last time I was there was 2017. And, you know, I couldn't even keep up with how many new things that, you know, oh. On campus and off, you know, yeah. it, it was everything is, is brand new. Yeah, and you, that means you haven't even seen the new student center yet. And how gorgeous that thing is! I hadn't, I hadn't seen a new student center. I haven't been in a stadium. I hadn't been yeah. in a new facility. I haven't, you know. Well, the stadium I've hasn't only, changed much. <laughs> I've only, I've only driven. Uh, you know, well, it's a lot. Of, it's it's a lot different from when I've. You know, right. You got the facility actually connected to it, so I hadn't seen yes. it that. I've yeah. only driven by in 2017. Only driven by the facility and saw like the new practice field area. Yeah, the facility uh, so, is is state of the art. That's for darn sure. When I when I was there, we were in Nutter. <laughs> yeah, we were in Nutter. You know, walking to the indoor facility. I don't even know what they did with that thing. It's still up. I don't know what they use it for. I'm I think sure, it's office spaces. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure some other sporters use. They knocked down the towers too. Yeah, I heard they knocked down the towers. Yeah, uh, they didn't do that till oh man, it was after. It was a year and a half ago, maybe two years, you know, they, 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 yeah, there was a lot of issues with, you know, I don't know, diseases and stuff that could have come from it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, above my pay grade, but those things are knocked down. So it does, it does change the Lexington skyline though. I mean, yeah. the fact those are gone and now the city center is up there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of changes, man. And, uh, you know, I haven't been. I heard that you know, baseball. It's a new baseball stadium, more beautiful baseball, baseball stadium. But yeah, yeah, that's why you want them to start winning some games uh, and being competitive. You want butts in the seat there. It is, yeah, that place is is awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I've I've been to, uh, and I used to enjoy going to the gymnastics meet mm-hmm. and uh, the softball and baseball games. Yeah, I, I enjoyed going to those um, more than anything else. You know, believe it or not. So um, maybe because they they were kind of low key, laid back. 
yeah. you know, baseball games in the spring where it's good weather, sunny yeah. outside, it's not too cold. Yeah. It was always great. Uh, so, yeah, I enjoyed that, man. So I'm looking forward to, you know, getting back up there. I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Lexington. I don't know. I don't know anybody who didn't. You know, that, I got I got teammates from Florida, uh, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, Texas. Everybody who Louisiana, who um, you know, we were at Kentucky together, and they all they all enjoyed I mean, it because it's such a such a clean, laid back. It's just you know, there's not too much going on. But there is things going on. You know, it's 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 kind of a it's a unique place. And um, I got a couple kids that I train who have siblings that are looking to, you know, that were looking around for colleges and they both went to go visit Kentucky and told me that I was right. It's gorgeous. I told them, you know, they should, they should look at it. And uh, I was like, yeah, you should, you know, you should go. If you get a chance to go to, you know, go to Lexington and check it out. And, you know, so one of them ended up going to Ole Miss though. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it, yeah, man. So I, hopefully make it up there soon, man. There you go. There you go. Oh, we can't close this out though without talking about the, Right up the road in Cincinnati, the Monday night game. Well, yeah. The Bills and, and DeMar Hamlin. And, uh, I I mean, I'm older than you guys. The when you see players like hey, when you when they got that look that it is really serious. Uh first one I saw with Lawrence Taylor with Joe Theisman with the with the broken leg and and, and like I'm like Lawrence Taylor is crying and like yeah. trainers. Um and to see what happened with Hamlin after hitting uh, tackling T Higgins, and then to see Allen and Diggs and all those guys be that affected, and for a minute Joe Buck is saying they're going to warm up for five minutes, and then the players are like, "No." And and um, yeah, Keyshawn Johnson talking about 1997 when a dude for the Lions collapsed, and they were playing ten minutes later. Yeah, seizure. Yeah, and then. Uh, I had no idea. It's even as old as I am. This was before me. Chuck Hughes for the Lions passed away in 1970 yep. of a heart attack. Dick Buckus is there on the field when they're playing the Bears and and the sort of you know similar incident, but that predated a lot of people. But he's still in ICU critical condition, and his mom is there, and it was just a you know just a, a frightening scene. And and you've seen all the outpouring go out to his his toy drive and his charity and 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 you know people have kind of gotten to know him via social media. What a good dude he was. He went to Pitt. Uh, Mike Tomlin for the Steelers said, "I've known him since he was 12. I've been here and, and seen him grow up and and second year in the league and just man, you just hated to to see that you know CPR administered on the field and and just what a terrifying situation that was for monday man yeah that's hard to put into words i mean we were on air over at uh at iheart doing big blue insider and glanced over the tv and saw there was a you know you could see all the guys like lined up and praying and all that and kind of trying to circle him in there and didn't really understand you know thought it was just one of the awful injuries that we do see often um didn't know it was going to be that until you know, glanced over again next commercial break, and you see Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and uh, Tredavious White all crying, and you're like, "All right, yeah, this is a different ball game here." And uh, yeah, man, I'm glad they made the decision they did not to play, obviously, and kind of focus everything on on Hamlin and kind of the NFL kind of shut down yesterday and kind of just let it be a day of reflection. And 
Luckily, every update, it seems, is a little bit more positive, um, at least that he's breathing a little more and more. Uh, and, you know, you just hope he obviously, first of all, survives, which sounds like is going to be the case, thank God. And two, can lead a happy and healthy life. You know, I, I don't care if football's in the future or not. I don't think anyone does at this point. Uh, just live a happy and healthy life. And, uh, and the other thing that struck me is, you know, seeing the charitable work he's done from such a young age. He stayed at Pittsburgh when he had other offers because he wanted to make an impact on his hometown. He grew up in the rougher parts of town. His dad was incarcerated and he wanted to be, you know, a good example and, you know, first class person. And it, it was awful. It still is awful. And, you know, it's hard to pick up the pieces. I can't imagine what those players are going through right now in the Bills locker room and T Higgins and the Bengals locker room too, that had to witness it. So, you know, just prayers up all the way, thoughts all the way, and just hope, you know, it gets better and better each day. Yeah, man. You know, same thing, man. You know, I wasn't watching the game. So I, you know, I had to, I got on Twitter and I kept seeing, you know, people say pray for, you know, Hamlin and whatnot. And I finally, I came across the video. I'm like, man, this is, this is, I've never seen anything like that. No. I've been around football since I was four years old and I've never seen, I've never seen anything like that. Um, you know, didn't look like a, you know, didn't, it didn't look egregious though. No, it didn't. You know, it didn't look egregious, you know, looked like a normal football play that happens every day. Uh, so that's the scary part for the players because it didn't look bad. It looked like every, uh, an everyday play. So you kind of, you know, as athletes, sometimes, especially, you know, when you're playing, it's, it's that fight or flight when you're playing. And you, know, you kind of, you're in a different set of, you know, you're in a different mindset. You feel, uh, you know, the basic mundane things of life don't matter when you're on the field. Right. You're just worried about trying to execute your job for your team, win the game. And you can automatically see when those guys see that, they come back down to earth when they see uh, what happened to, you know, their teammate and the Bengals players when they saw what happened, you know, uh, you, you can kind of see, you can almost from, from the screen, see like the, 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 the energy level just plummet, you know, uh, and, and it was crazy. So again, hopefully, you know, uh, he, hopefully he, you know, pulled through and make it, man. But uh, I think from the outside looking in, you know, you're going to get a lot of people, kind of looking at this sport, man, like it's tough. You know, you know, I you know, I've already come across parents who, you know, say they refuse to let their kids play football. And I don't think it's a and this is my perspective on this. Um uh, and and some people, you know, don't like it, but it, it's the truth though, I think. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day in life, you know, I know people who got hit by cars. I know people who did a lot of things, you know, so Playing a sport that you love, I mean, I think is you know, I, I, it's worth it, man. So you're gonna see guys get on the field next Sunday or whatever, Saturday, Thursday, and they're gonna run full speed into each other again and hit each other because it's life. Mm-hmm. You can you can get hurt, you can do anything, doing anything. So um, you know, so I don't think football was the issue there. I think it's just one of those freak things that happen. Or whatever happened, whatever's going on was it was something freak. I don't think it was a, I don't think it was egregious helmet to helmet hit or helmet to chest no, hit. Or whatever I think it, it might have been an diagnosed, undiagnosed condition. Yeah, something something happened that didn't necessarily have to do with football. Football was just the medium. 
football right. is just where it happened. So, right. uh, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, his family and everybody's doing fine mentally. And, you know, he pulled through physically and mentally after this because, uh, you know, I can only imagine. I, I remember feeling extremely bad for teammates who had leg injuries that we knew they were going to live. They were going to play football in a couple of weeks. They just had a leg injury that kept them out for six weeks. And I remember feel, feeling like extremely bad for him. I can only imagine having a teammate where that happened. So, you know, hopefully, you know, everybody's doing fine in that Bills organization, uh, Bengals organization, and across the football community uh, because, you know, it, it will stop and make you think, uh, you know, about exactly what we're doing. Because uh, you know it is, it is a it is a very high intense, violent, barbaric sport. Is what it is. Uh, you know that's just what it is. It's, you know I don't know if you guys remember, but I remember you know one of the hardest hits I ever ta- I ever taken was against Louisville. Uh, what's the safety name that played for Louisville back in 2013? Uh-huh. Got played for the Jets. Um, Marcus May. Not Marcus May. Oh, the guy first round pick. Right? Adams. Was it prior? Calvin Pryor? Pryor. Pryor. Calvin Pryor. Yeah. Whatever his name. Pryor. Calvin Pryor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I tucked it, ran it, you know, got a good game. We ran full speed into each other and kind of, we both kind of like fell off to the side. And I failed because, not because he hit me, I failed because he hit me in such a way where I lost feeling in my shoulder. Like I was, I had a stinger where I lost feeling in my shoulders and in my body. I was, you know, I was stung for a minute. So I, I fell off to the side because I lost all control. It wasn't yeah. really because how hard he hit me. He hit me pretty hard, but it was kind of where he hit me and how he hit me. I kind of like I lost it for a minute. I was like slightly knocked out in a way. And I came to really, really fast and got back up and ran the next play. But, I, you know, it's just a barbaric sport. You know, yeah. we got guys running to each other. We got pads on, but those, that helmet is extremely hard, too. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So we run into each other full speed and it, it, it happens sometimes. So, you know, um, Again, it's a sport that you know things happen, but hopefully, um, hopefully they get whatever whatever's wrong. You know, as far as the pre, you know, or the undiagnosed condition, if that was the case, hopefully everything gets solved there. But uh, you know, again, I can't. I mean, everybody's saying it. We can't say it enough. You know, prayers to his family and his teammates, and ultimately, you know, him. Mm-hmm. And one thing I didn't realize that. Uh, the the NFL insurance after the five years it is provided, it's only provided for five years after they retire, and then after that, premiums can cost thirty five grand a year. And this dude's only in his second year. Yeah. If like you said, Aaron, uh, I think you said, who cares if football's in the future or not? But if the long care that he may need, and then we're looking at this type of. Yeah, they're going to have to fix that. NFL makes plenty of money. The owners got more money in their pockets that they could fund this for all these guys to where. And look, and half these owners, owning a team isn't their only business venture. They got (laughs) their hand in other things where they get an income from everywhere. But even if you're just an owner of a team, you're doing fine just doing that. If you're mm-hmm. just a quote little owner that ain't doing other stuff and got all money and got this and own a cruise line and own a basketball team and own a hockey team, all these owners 
with the TV money, the TV rights, the, they, the deals where they get this money, every, they got plenty of money to fund stuff like this for players post-career than to just let it be for five years. So, like, if you know, he's 24. Yeah. If he never plays again, this is over when he's 29. Even if you play to 28, 33, it's done, and then you're trying to fund this. And you, I mean, you make good money, but I mean, that, that sucks you dry quick. You're damn right. I mean, come on. It's yeah, right. no, they that, that's got to change. <laughs> you're, you're exactly right on that. That's got to change. Man, so. Yeah, and a lot of those guys, man, I'm sure y'all know this. I remember, uh, who, I think it was Randall Cobb came back and told us, you know, he came back. I'll never forget, we were sitting in Barb Dennison's office. Uh, and he was like, man, we, you know, we get fined for everything. <laughs> Come in late, you get fined. Throw the ball in the stands, you get fined. Do this, you get fined. He was like, man, they get, they, you know, they find a way to get their money back. And then he was basically telling us that, you know, if y'all ever want to make it to the league one day, uh, take care of your money. You know, don't do anything stupid. Show up on time because they <laughs> will find you thousands of dollars for the most simple, basic stuff. And you living in California and Texas and you on a rookie contract or you are undrafted free agent. I mean, with taxes and everything, are you really getting paid that much money? Yes, you can pay more than the average American, but uh, everybody just assumes that all of these guys are like millionaires. Uh, yeah. And that's and that's not the case at all. Now, yes, they get paid uh, pretty well for doing what they do, but they deserve to get paid for that. You know, they, they plan, you know, again, these TV contracts and, what these teams make per year and what the NFL make per year. I don't know the exact number of what the NFL makes per year, but I'm sure it's gross to look at. It is. How much yeah. money it is. So, um, yeah. you know, they get paid like they should get paid. And, you know, and again, it's one of those sports, man, where, you know, we know things happen. So, you know, definitely give these guys every opportunity to take advantage of insurance policies, take advantage of, you know, getting paid like they should uh, because of the amount of money that they bring to a city, state, team, league, you know, is worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, couldn't have this episode without hitting on, on that because that's it's not just a sports topic. That's a that's a national topic. That's a yeah. that's just a news topic because it's it's, it's superseded just the NFL world because that you know that's and hate it's for those reasons but you know uh, had to yeah. out there and, and talk about you know the Hamlins and his family and uh, I think software we talked about the Vikings before we got on about how you know they're <laughs> getting blown out and all that but I think uh, one of their D linemen uh, brought dinner for Hamlin's family. Yeah, Harrison Phillips. Former Bill, everybody, yeah. You know, the entire everybody working on the ICU floor um, for his foundation and then, you know, people want to help make donations to that. So that was the way, he, you know, kind of pay it forward for the Hamlin's. That was cool to see. Awesome, yeah. And everything everybody's doing for his toy drive, you know, that he set up, like you said, for the kids in Pittsburgh. So that was that was good. So, um just want to get our thoughts in as well on this episode too and uh i hope everybody enjoys it we enjoyed you know talking about you know well didn't enjoy talking about losing the hour 21 nothing but <laughs> you know or judge the rogers transferring 
but you know glad you got to cover it ag and you know uh all the content you got on the cat's pause everybody check that out um uh you know Jalen, you still busy with coaching and writing books and everything you guys are doing so appreciate y'all hopping on here us coming together to do this episodes each and every week and we'll monitor everything like you said the next phase of the portal's coming liam's supposed to be coming and Whatever else yeah. between now and then, we'll we'll still be bringing it to you here on Believe in Kentucky. Okay. Get yourself a shirt while you wait. Jalen gave us the cat daddies. Go to believe.com. Get yourself a shirt. Blue, white, gray, shop.believe.com. B-L-E-A-V.com. Get yourself some merch. We proud to be able to have that to offer as well. And Fellas, man, we'll come back next week and, and do this same thing again. And we, we've been brainstorming behind the scenes, been trying to work on getting some good guests for y'all. We've been kicking it around as to who we can try to reach out to throughout the offseason. So y'all be sure to come back for that as well. You never know who will be hopping on here with us. We've had some good guests already. Got some more that we're working on bringing to you. So Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a good one right now, They're, you know. And I'll tell y'all when we get off, but you know, if we can if we can get this one, it'll be it'll be pretty good. I love it. Good. Also, hey, if it you know, fans out there, you know, whether you live in Lexington or not, you know, hey, D slide them a DMs. I need a couple new restaurants that I, you know, I'm I like to eat, man. A couple new <laughs> restaurants where I can go to, uh, new places that maybe, you know, that's you know, I guess new relatives, relatively speaking, within the past six years. Uh, you know, and I'll you know slide them a DMs with some new places uh, that I should check out, and uh, I'll do something nice for you. There you go. There y'all go. You heard it right there. Uh, what's the Twitter account that need a DM? Uh, so Jay Whitlow, J W H I T L O W underscore two on Twitter. Uh, I think it's the same thing on Instagram. Instagram is private, so let's let's try Twitter. There you go. Thank. <laughs> Sounds good, y'all. So check this out at Believe.com, wherever you get your podcast. Also on A Sea of Blue. Appreciate Jason Markham and everybody that puts these episodes up. So lots of ways to listen, uh, tune in app. You know, so many different ways to access the podcast. We definitely appreciate it. DM Jalen, give him a good restaurant and see what happens for you in return. For AG Jalen, <laughs> this is Benny Hardy, but another episode, y'all, of Believe in Kentucky, and we're holler at everybody next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.